to Confetti All Around. My name is Cynthia Perez and I am your host. This is a podcast sponsored by Rooted in Reflection and I am the founder of Rooted in Reflection, the host of this podcast, and I'm just excited to be here and doing the dang thing, right? Like doing it from my mind to actually recording podcasts. I think I've recorded about 28 with 28 guests. And so I am so honored to be able to get to do this and to just speak out about things that I I see all the time because I do therapy um, and I've been a social worker for in the fields for so long, but really just to give it like this compassionate, warm hug and not have it just be this data, but like stories, right? Like our stories that matter and really giving Sometimes when we can hear other people's stories, we can see ourselves in it and we can give them compassion. And then we go, wait a minute, I went through something similar. I also am deserving of compassion. I mean, we may not put that together the same day, but hopefully when we seek more positive conversations, we find ourselves coming around to compassion for ourselves just by having the word that I love, awareness, more awareness. So if you haven't already been to rootedinreflection.org, my website, um, I am offering a free ebook called The ABCs to Protecting My Peace. And in that, I talk about the three ABCs. It's, a, they're, it's part of a larger framework um, that, I wrote, that I wrote down one day. I was just so inspired. But the ABCs mean awareness, boundaries, and compassion for self. So with that, you know, with those three kind of tools, I like to use that to reframe a situation to give myself back my peace when I find myself unraveling, when I find myself getting too caught up in something. So I kind of want to share a little bit about how I would use that in practice. And I want to share a story with you, if that's okay. That's why we're all here, right? That's what podcasts are about. There's no guest this week. It's just me wanting to tell you a story. And, you know, with this story, I kind of think like, yeah, that makes sense now that I think about it, that if you are not cringing at moments that you were out of line, that you were out of pocket, that you were wrong, straight up wrong in your, you know, in your teenage years, in your 20s, in your college days, at a job, if you can look back and be like, no, everything I did was right, 100%. You know, um, I was never wrong. Like there's probably not a lot of self-awareness. I'm not saying we have to do it differently, but I'm just saying if we're not constantly going, you know what, I can see that other person's perspective, you know, we're not growing. And so even in therapy, I tell clients like our awareness expands, but it could be like a spiral staircase where you might come back to the same problem years later, but you you are now higher on the staircase. And so you're looking at it from a different perspective. And so you see it from a different vantage point and you're going to see different nuggets in that same story that you maybe didn't see before, if you're open to it, if you're going back to it with, with uh, mindfulness, right? So I was thinking about a time in Peru. I want to say we were about... Gosh, I want to say we were 24, maybe. My good friend Kelly uh, was in the Peace Corps for about three years, and she was stationed in Coca Chakra, Peru. And me and my good friend Jen, we were like, we're going to go see you, Kelly. You know, we are ride or dies. We're going to go see you in Coca Chakra. And we did. 
and we got to complete some of our like bucket list items. We went to Lake Titicaca. We went to Machu Picchu on the train. The train ride was amazing. Machu Picchu was just, you know, stunning everything it would be. We also stopped at another historical place. And that is where I believe I got altitude sickness. Now I never, I've never had altitude sickness and it is a beast. It comes on like out of nowhere and it, it just, you feel disoriented, um, have a headache, dizzy. And so this day we had just done too many things, too much traveling, too much, just different altitudes and foods and climates and too much. And so at the end of the day, we go back to our hostels because as a college student, me and my friends love to travel um, in hostels. And I remember I was arguing with Jen, my friend, um, that we went to Peru. And honestly, I think we were just both tired and we didn't feel good. And we start arguing. And I just remember being really upset and she was really upset. And she kind of said something like, you think that you're calm, but you're not. You just because you're not yelling doesn't mean you're calm. I can tell, I can feel it. Right. And I was like, how dare you? You know, long story short, we get into this argument. Kelly cannot get us to not fight. And that evening we go our own separate ways. We carry on with the trip and we get over it. We don't talk about it, but I swear to you, I don't think about this moment a lot. It's not like a big moment. You know, that was still my best friend. You know, we were in each other's weddings. It's not like this moment was this huge fight in Peru. In fact, I don't know why, but these last couple of years, I've thought about that moment because what my friend Jen was offering me in that time, and she knew me so well, her and Kelly at that time, have, you know, knew me the best, was a lot of guidance to say, you are showing up angry and I can tell. And this is a part of you that you do and you don't even realize it. And I was like, how dare you? And now I realize she was right. She was absolutely right. And I'm thinking about it now, like legit 15 years later. And the thing with this story is, is that it's okay too, right? Like there's no way that I would have been able to be at this awareness, this vantage point, um, 15 steps of this, you know, uh, spiral staircase of this moment in Peru, if I hadn't gone through all these other things in my life and I hadn't invited self-awareness and self kind of like an audit of myself. And so only in this year I have realized, oh, when I do polyvagal toning, it does work because I do realize how on edge my nervous system was, how reactive I was, how defensive I am, how defensive I can be, you know? And I'm not even going to be defensive about saying I'm defensive because it's true. That is how I show up when I don't feel safe or when I feel um, cornered, right? But that's not all of me. And so in realizing, holy crap, I was wrong 15 years ago in that hostel in Peru. Do I call Jen? You know, do I tell her? Um, And I didn't do any of that because I don't think I need to, right? Because I was who I was 15 years ago. I I, I do believe whatever happened, I was feeling some kind of way about my feelings. And so what I could do from it now is understand how I was feeling. I, I remember that I probably did too much. I should have had better boundaries. 
So I didn't even have the awareness of how I was feeling throughout until we did all these excursions for the day and then I was exhausted. So when we use the ABCs to protecting my peace, if I were to like go back and look at 20 year old me, right? It's like Cynthia, awareness, A, of how you're feeling. Have you eaten the altitude, a different environment, right? And then B, boundaries. I would have said, you know what? This is too much. I'll meet you back at the hostel because I'm someone that I'm okay traveling alone. I'm okay staying back. I don't need to be with the group all the time. But I could have put boundaries and said, let's just do these things in two days instead of one, right? But you know what? I had none of that. (laughs) I was sick. I didn't feel good. And I totally was emotional and erratic with my friend. And I didn't even realize it until 15 years later now where I am just like, huh, maybe Jen had a point. Um, And even so, I think Kelly was trying to like mediate, but I also can see now where Kelly was like, you are wrong, but you're not going to see it, you know? And I, I just, I was cringing like this year in my living room, cringing at 20 year old me. And it's like, you know, it's okay because of C, the ABCs to my piece is compassion. And this piece is so important having compassion for myself allows me to go, well, yeah, yeah. Like you were in a different country. You were a guest, you were young and, um, you wanted to be part of it all. And so have compassion that you were acting out of a place of just scarcity of like no more fuel. So when I can give myself compassion, I kind of laugh at it now and go, wow, it took me 15 years to get that lesson. But I do understand that she had a point And I can also be in gratitude now to go, remember when I was irrational in Peru? Well, now I know that about me. I have awareness and I can know when I need to chill out, right? I know when I need to get back on my mindfulness, get back on my polyvagal toning, do some joy activities, right? Go ride my bike, go be on the grass, like barefoot in the grass. Now I could be like, I know what it feels like to constantly be reactive. And when I feel myself getting there, I also know what to do to get myself back to homeostasis, to parasympathetic, right? To calm. So I hope that gives a little snippet, but I just really wanted to share that story because I swear I think about it and I'm like, "Mm." right. Um, And then with that, I was thinking about the word resentment, resentment that maybe I didn't know that about myself. What if I had resentment about my friend who now was just being honest, was being vulnerable enough to share with me about a behavior or a way that I show up that I wasn't even aware of. And I was thinking about my resentment that those same friends who I love, and I know they mean the world of me, I was having this resentment of like, they always treat me like the youngest sibling, like they need to help me, they need to fix things for me. And I had this like low grade resentment about that. And I want to just offer a theory that I've been thinking about. Hear me out. If you have feelings of resentment in moments of your life, pull up a chair. Pull, you know, get yourself a quiet space. I will wait. And let's talk about resentment as a protector. Now, I was thinking resentment has been here to protect me. What? What do you mean? How can resentment be a protector? Resentment is, you know, to me, I think 
resentment, resentimiento, right, is someone has been abusing me for far too long and I've had it and I have resentment. And that's how I know that that person has been oppressing me, that that person needs to go, that, that I need to make an ultimatum. That's what I used to think. That was like the black and white, like what resentment was for me. And now I can look at the other side of being like resentment. What if when I'm feeling resentment about something, it is a protector to let me know, ding, ding, alarms going off. You don't like that. You are self-abandoning. You are overcompromising yourself. You are, you know, um, on the verge of committing to something that you do not feel good about, that you don't want to. And this is where you should harness that self-awareness, put up your boundaries, whatever they need to be, say no, offer something else, um, just pull out and say that, no, I'm not doing this. And then give yourself compassion for this being hard. And if we do that, maybe I wouldn't have resentment. So I can look at now resentment being this like alarm within my gut to say, you're upset because you have now overdone it. You are now crossing the limit of your threshold for, of, of comfort. You are self-abandoning and you need to put your boundaries up. And so I'm not saying I should have resentment with myself or blame myself, but it's an invitation for me to go, hold on. Am I really resentful of my friend or my partner? Um, and, and is this not fixable or can I just take this resentment and look at how it's protecting me against a bigger decision or how it's protecting me to say, look how you show up in a lot of ways and you are resentful at ways that you do not protect your peace. Does that make sense? Ooh, and I, I really don't like the feeling of resentment. It, to me, it means, oh my gosh, I have to have a confrontation. I have to have a discussion. Somebody else is going to get upset. And, and honestly, the people pleaser in me, oh my gosh, I would rather be resentful than you be upset or you be resentful. I remember, you know, having many conversations with other um, friends who are moms or even just friends, you know, in relationships and talking about like, What's worse, right? Being the one that has resentment or being the one that is resented? Ooh, I don't know. But resentment is not a good kind of protector to have at the forefront. I think it's an invitation to ask the protector what it needs to resolve itself or to soften or to trust. Um, and so I, I want to share another story, a little un cuentito to kind of show you um, how I can kind of see resentment as an invitation or, and even if, look, this is not rooted in some theory that I read. This is honestly just me gaining self-awareness and what works for me. But this little moment that I was realizing about resentment was um, my husband, he's a DJ. So he comes home late sometimes like nine, nine is like early, but let's say he came home late one night. And I think I was just like, in bed watching TV on my laptop and I was too lazy to go get something to eat. So he comes home and I'm like, oh, you're going in the kitchen. Do you mind making me a sandwich? That would be great. Thank you. Don't forget the napkin or, you know, something to that effect, like just very casual. And, you know, my husband, he normally would make me 
something or go get me something. He's the kind of person that'd be like, I'll just go get it. That's easier for me. I don't mind even if it's late. And I'll be like, wow. So in this moment, calm, right? I learn a lot about boundaries from my husband. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm not going to make you a sandwich, but I can grab you an Uncrustable from the freezer. I can bring you a snack. Let me know what I can bring you back, basically. And I just remember standing there looking at him. And I think because I've been doing a lot of this inner work, I wasn't pissed. Like, I think a year ago, I would have cried or been like, oh my gosh, I'm so willing to do everything for you. And in that moment, I looked at him. He was almost like glowing to me. It's almost like I finally saw him and what he's always been offering me to come on his little peace island of boundaries. And in that moment, what I saw was basically him going, I love you. And this is what I'm willing to do so that I can also respect my own comfort, but also honor and ask that you have. And in that moment, I thought, I love that my husband has boundaries. I'm so lucky that my partner is somebody who has good boundaries because I can learn from them. I can learn about holding boundaries from them. Now, mind you, that is a huge realization that I had because I promise you, we've had a hundred arguments where I took things so personal from his boundaries. And I would have been like, you just, I do all the things I would have done it. And what I realized in that moment, when I saw the beauty in my husband, when I saw what he offers me as an invitation to, to have a boundary was, oh, so if you offer a boundary, that means I too get to have boundaries. And it's okay if I then have a boundary and, and it's fine. Like, look what you did. You said it. I'm fine. Everything was fine. Huh? I wonder how this would work. So since that, I was like, yeah, okay. I pick up what you're putting down. And I started just being like, no, I can't do that. Or, Hey, I'm going to go have breakfast by myself. Cause I want to watch my favorite show on my phone at the park. Right? Like I started kind of just like dipping my toe into boundaries with this safe person, my husband, like he modeled for me. And I, I realize now he always has, I just wasn't really receiving it like that, but he modeled to me what boundaries are in these little ways of like, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm not willing to do. So I saw myself dipping my toes into boundaries, like, and I saw him honoring it. And sometimes he would even be mad that I was, that I was holding a boundary, but he would walk away. And, and what, it also offered me then is to also work on this repair with me of like, Hey, you set another boundary, this one he didn't like. And I could think of the one that it was when I told him like, please don't put that painting there. And for him, it was like, he was just trying to do something nice. And for me, he's like, no, I want this painting specifically on this wall. And he was annoyed, but you know, he listened and he just like left. Cause he was like, Oh, I'm done with this task. Right. That, that, I was trying to do a favor. And in that moment, that was another invitation for people pleasing me to go, whew, you said what you wanted. I know it was hard. Compassion, right? Compassion for self. But he'll be fine. He's allowed to get annoyed. You're fine. What were you doing again, Cynthia? Go do that thing. Now, if you are like my husband and boundaries is easy for you and you, that's been your pocket, well, like, 
congratulations. And I really love your vibes and I hope to learn more. But if you're like me and like these boundaries and, and holding them and being aware of like what you want and what you need, if this is new for you, like me, like, mm, it's not easy. One thing I can say as a tip is like these moments of self-awareness, when I used to meet self-awareness with defense, like being defensive, which was more than often, I couldn't see the self-awareness as a mirror and an invitation. I used to see it as an attack and a shield. But now I could see it as this mirror to really look at myself, to learn about myself and to invite myself to learn another perspective. And it's only going to help me in the next, in the next interactions with people, you know? So all of these little things I'm learning about myself, I gather them all up and slowly every day I'm like, I'm really like showing up in the way that I want to, because I have the self-awareness instead of just being on autopilot, instead of just, you know, letting my nervous system rule me in a sympathetic state. Right. And I got all of that from resentment resentment as a protector. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about resentment and how we can really just use these feelings that feel so uncomfortable in us. If we can just tolerate, like, listen, this is an uncomfortable feeling. I'm going to give myself 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, three days. Um, and if I'm still feeling like this, then, then there's something in me that needs to be held in a tender way. And then if we're still feeling like it, I wonder what perspectives we can gain by just observing ourselves or by giving boundaries, how we can come to love those parts of ourselves because they're giving us an alarm. They're showing up even if they're, they show up with ugliness or with bitterness, like resentment, they're showing up to tell us alert. It is time for you to fill your own cup. It is time for you to speak for yourself. It is time for you to detach from any expectations because you are building resentment with somebody that you love. And that is not your intention. And that is not the relationship they want with you because this is a relationship that you love. Remember? So I choose to look, well, I hope, right? <laughs> Don't want me to do this. I'm, I'm human, but to look at resentment as a protector and as an alarm that is ringing when I, when I'm feeling resentment. Okay. Let me pull back. Let me have a conversation with myself or with my friend um, and let me honor the feelings that I'm having and, and um, show up for myself first in a way that feels good. Okay. Well, that's my resentment um, just kind of bit that I've been rolling around in my brain and I'm glad I got it out. And so this is confetti all around. May is mental health month. I am so ready to be speaking in more spaces about these everyday kind of um, protectors and, and um, nuggets. Um, I also have some curated keynotes that I'd love to present and I'm here. So reach out. Also, if you love this podcast, I'd love you to write a review um, or share it with your friend. But really, these are just little conversations that sometimes I get off the phone with my friend, my friends, and I'll just think like, wow, I feel like that conversation was medicina. So I hope these little conversations are just nuggets for you as well. And feel free to email me. Let me know what you're thinking of. How does, how do your protectors show up in ways, unassuming ways that are kind of maybe scary at first or overwhelming. And then you realize they're exactly what I needed. 
I'd love to hear, hear back from you. You can email us at Cynthia at rootedinreflection.org. And lastly, don't forget, we have some beautiful in-person events coming up May and June at Plantitas in Long Beach. We also have online events um, like the Healing My Inner Child um, Pixar and um, Shorts events where we are talking about Pixar shorts and movies and relating them to our loving inner child. So if you can be in community, we'd love to have you. If not, we'll catch you at the next event. Have a beautiful day.